0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Department Podcast with Stephen Bologna and Jesse Norman and the NBA season is officially in the books. We were wrong Jesse the Milwaukee Bucks taking care of business in six games downing the Phoenix Suns Giannis Antetokounmpo gets that long-awaited ring and the final MVP award and it was a fun series you know two teams we didn't really expect to be there but Overall, I think it was a good series. Chris Paul does not get that ring, uh, which we were kind of hoping for. And now the question becomes, does he stay with the Suns another year? And is that Suns title window closed? Uh, we're also going to be talking about NBA draft stuff because that is uh, about a week away. and Just some offseason rumors and stuff going around. But first off, how you doing? Hey, you know, uh, as good as I can be without basketball being
1: on anymore. <laughs> Luckily, the draft is in a week uh we get free agency pretty quickly after that yeah um so we'll have left we'll have content until about you know m- probably mid august but then mid august to like september we we got nothing yeah uh, no. after summer league but uh luckily we'll be be getting back into it knocked up uh, in october so summer league so
0: funny <sighs> so many really players want to back just go off summer i hate summer league i, I... I was jinxed <laughs> Kevin by Knox Kevin Knox flashbacks. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Knox. So bad. Um, but, yeah, the, <laughs> Milwaukee, the, the Milwaukee Bucks winning it in six games. Giannis averaging 35 and 13 with uh, almost two blocks per game. Drew Holiday stepping up to the plate a bit with nine assists per game. And Chris Middleton with 24 points per game. Just give me your overall thoughts on the series. I mean, it, it was it was a fun series, I
1: think. Uh, Coach Bud, uh, as critical as we've all been, made a lot of adjustments that really helped the Bucs um, take advantage of the series after going down 2-0, you know, winning the next four all the way through. Um, we felt like it was going to be a thing where the home team really had the advantage. And, yeah. you know, the Suns dropped game five. And granted, the Suns played their absolute best game in game five, the game that they lost. Um they played incredible, but the Bucs just played a little bit better, especially at the end. Obviously, with the Drew Holiday steal to the Giannis alley Um Congratulations to the Bucks. I mean, Giannis had a Giannis had a fantastic series. I mean, there's no other way to put it. For a guy that literally can't shoot, um, yeah. just you know, the most dominating performance in the paint. I think we've seen since Shaq uh, in the finals. As far as I'm concerned, I can't, can't think of another, another player anytime soon. That's, that's been doing what he did in the post and, you know, down under and protecting the paint and doing all these different things that were asked of him. Uh, and then on the other side, you, Chris Middleton, who I swear made almost every single big shot that he needed to, um, the more difficult the shot, the more confident I was that it was going in for Chris Middleton, um, He just has these instances where he can just make any shot on the floor. It's, it's like a Jordan Kobe-esque shot and, and it goes in. Um, Drew Holiday struggled a little bit offensively, uh, obviously not on assists, but shooting, he had ups and downs. Uh, Game five played really good. Other games, you know, a mixed bag, but defensively, the pressure he was able to put on Chris Paul, the pressure he was able to put on Devin Booker when Paul went out, um, It was really a game changer because while Chris Paul is, you know, one of the best point guards of our generation, obviously one of the best point guards of all time, he is also undersized and he is a little bit older at this point. And when Drew Holiday, who is really, you know, built for a point guard, like Drew Holiday is probably one of the strongest point guards in the NBA. When he is pressing you full court, for portions of the game. And it's just draining you. Chris Paul was the motor to the sun's offense. And I think that's also kind of where it dwindled off because Chris Paul, as great as he is, he was inconsistent in these finals. And I think that's what did the sun's in, sadly enough. Um, you know, there was instances where he would take over games and then there was instances where you felt like you couldn't see him for two quarters. Um, defensively, obviously he is not the player that he once was, especially at his stature. Um, Deandre Ayton also very inconsistent games, uh, really highs, really lows. Um, and then, you know, Booker also really good games. And then you seen at the end of game six, you know, he didn't play good pretty much that entire game. So the Bucks just put together more good performances than the Suns. Um, if the Suns really could have just pulled out that game five, you know, we're having a probably totally different conversation right now. Yeah. But they couldn't secure their home court in game five, played the best they possibly could and still lost. Um, so congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, first first ring for them in fifty years. Yeah. Seventy-two, I think it was, with Kareem Abdul Jabbar. So, I mean, congrats to them, congrats to
0: their fans, you know. It's, it's sad crazy. for the Suns, sad for Chris Paul. <laughs> it's crazy because, you know, this, this, you know, Giannis pretty much two years ago kind of started the whole, the rumor started that if they didn't win a ring soon, he was going to leave. He signs the big extension. And the first year with that big extension, they do win. And then there were rumors that if they didn't beat the Nets, uh, Mike Budenhoser was going to be fired. You know, I think,
1: and, I think that stands. I think if, it's it's interesting and you'll see you'll see people um you know put it on twitter a lot i've seen the post you know at least like 5 6 times at this point but it's a picture of the durant shot with the foot on the line and it says like if durant's shoe is one size smaller the bucks are not <laughs> the bucks are now firing bud they're probably looking at different trades they're seeing what they can do the holiday deal is looked at as a failure all of that now is gone and yeah. Giannis even addressed it in his press conference of even if we don't win another one ever again, that's okay because we did it the hard way. We did it this way, which I totally think he's just setting himself up because he knows they weren't the best team this year. He absolutely knows they're not winning another ring in the next two years. So he's got to, he's got to pull those expectations down, but they got they went out and they got their ring the holiday deal the holiday deal now looks like a great deal because that was your star point guard in the finals who carries you defensively who made the big steal when it mattered most in game five put you ahead with the Giannis Alleyoub um the Chris Middleton Chris Middleton obviously looks fantastic next to Giannis now where we've always been critical kind of um you know, a CJ McCollum to Damian Lillard situation where we're like, ah, they might have to trade this guy. They might have to get a better player. There was also, you know, people saying Giannis can't win a ring as the number one option that now has to go away. Even if again, they never win again. You can't say Giannis can't win a ring as a first option because they did it.
0: Um, and and Bud's is job crazy. is safe,
1: obviously. Yeah.
0: I mean, Giannis is only 26 years old too which is just insane to think about, you know, you look at his resume and, and to me, this, you know, I'm going to ask you this after five time, all-star five time, all NBA defensive player of the year, four times, all defensive team finals MVP, two times MVP, you know, does he guarantee himself the hall of fame with this ring? You think?
1: I think he had the hall of fame before, um, before the ring, honestly, I think this, this locks him his first ballot for sure. Um, he honestly probably was first ballot anyway. Uh, at yeah. the end of his career, even if he didn't win a ring, but um, one thing about the 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 Hall of Fame of basketball, it is a really easy Hall of Fame to get into, <laughs> like yeah. so easy. Um, like like Jamal Crawford is probably gonna go into the NBA Hall of Fame. Lou Williams might get into the NBA Maybe. Hall of Fame. <laughs> so if you know. <laughs> I definitely think Giannis is is a first ballot Hall of Famer, especially with this ring. Um, And he still has so much time left. He's only 26. He's, you know, a lot of people group him in kind of with the LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, um, you know, even like uh, Joel Embiid kind of thing there. But he is significantly younger. He's more closer to the Luka Doncic the Trey young, um, yeah. you know, that era, he, I people want to age him because you expected him to come out at the age of probably 20 or 21 when he came out at 18 and yeah, he's been in the league eight years now, but he's only 26 and, you know, actively going to get better, probably hasn't even really hit his prime yet for probably another couple of years.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we talked a little bit about the Suns, and the Suns are still such a young team. I mean, Devin Booker, Aiton, um McCall Bridges, Cam Johnson, and, you know, the factor is going to be Chris Paul. Hit me with, an, you know, what if Chris Paul leaves? Does that window close, or what if Chris Paul stays?
1: Well, if, if Chris Paul leaves, the championship window, at least for next year, is absolutely closed um, for me. Booker that point guard experience that we, that they tried to do last year and tried to do in spurts this year when Paul went to the bench, I'm sorry, it doesn't work. Like it, it, you can watch it. You can dissect it as much as you want. Booker at the point guard position being the primarily ball handler, trying to set up the offense doesn't work. Now, is that a, a case of, especially in the final series, um, them Blitzing Booker whenever Paul was off the court, sure. But also you need to factor that in knowing that Devin Booker can't be your primary league ball handler, you know, in a final situation. So if Paul leaves, they absolutely need to go out, uh, get a different point guard, um, bring campaign. I think he's, I think campaign still signed through till, till next year, a I couple think of years so. later. Um, you know, if, if if they're all healthy, everybody comes back, uh, besides Chris Paul. They're probably still a playoff team, I would say. They're not a championship team, though. Um, Chris Paul adds so much. If now, if they were to go out and like actively get try to get better at point guard and you know, somehow swing a deal for uh, a Damian Lillard, somehow, or you know, e- even a, a Russell Westbrook or something, I think, who maybe Westbrook isn't better than Paul at this point, but you need that stability because if Chris Paul leaves and you don't fill that gap and you just try to put campaign out there next to (laughs) Devin Booker and you, you kind of just grab another point guard. You're probably a six or a seven seed, I would say. Um, yeah, I, I don't see even, even next year with Paul back, I really don't see this team making it back to the finals. Um, yeah. I mean, every team they played was arguably better if they're healthy. Lakers, Nuggets, Nuggets
0: yeah.
1: you know, Clippers, all three teams. I mean, you could make an argument that if they're just healthy, at least on paper, um, which, you know, doesn't always mean a lot, but they were the not as good team.
0: Yeah. And Chris Paul holds a $44 million player option. And you know, there's rumors circulating that the Lakers are looking at him. I, I've seen reports that some executives believe he might head to the Knicks, uh, and, and I'm sure there's just a plethora, a plethora of teams that, you know, want his services. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends yeah, up. But
1: I, I've seen he could opt out for uh, – because he's he's got a $44 million player option, but he might opt out, uh, people think, for a three-year $80 million, which – puts him at like 39 40 years old so i don't know it, it's it's tough because you know when he signed the deal everybody said Chris Paul's contract was one of the worst in the NBA and i at the end of the contract you can't make that argument anymore at all you can't you can't create that argument when he clearly has carried teams at different points the thunder Obviously, the Suns carried them all the way to the finals. You can't say that that is a bad contract. So, if he at 36 years old opts out and you do have to give him a deal till he's 39 or 40, you know, you can't say then when you sign him three years to 80 million if that's a bad deal because everybody already said this one was a bad deal. And it clearly wasn't because every team you went to has had success.
0: And I am happy for Chris Ball in the sense that when he was with the Rockets and you know, he was called the choke artist in those playoff performances. So it was nice to see him carry a team with the Thunder to the playoffs uh, and then the Suns to the finals. They couldn't finish the job, but, you know, Milwaukee, this was their year. You know, it was destiny. They, they luckily got past the Nets. I know you, you are very upset about that. But Giannis, to me, is just, I, I think, the most athletically gifted player in of all time. I, I mean, there's just nobody that size that can move so smoothly. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, at that size, at, at the length, uh, the speed, everything, he's athletically probably the most gifted. Um, I, I'm going to say this, though, for people saying he is the best player in the NBA, come on. It's, yeah,
0: no.
1: It, I'll, I'll give Giannis top three, but come on, you can't say he is the best player when Kevin Durant alone took him to seven and was a shoe size away from beating them with James Harden with one leg. Um Fantastic finals performance. I'll give him top three. You, you cannot, everybody's going out. He's the undisputed number one player in the league now. No, not, yes. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see how you can make that argument.
0: I I'm, I'm with you. I, I do agree, but Milwaukee Bucks, they are your 2021 NBA champions. Now we're talking a little bit about the offseason and the Los Angeles Lakers are looking to improve their point guard position over Dennis Schroeder. Now the reports have said Westbrook, Chris Paul. Now I've seen today actually that Kyle Kuzma wants out. And it's funny, you would find this funny. Kuzma apparently values himself as the same type of player as Jason Tatum, which I just thought was hilarious. I bet he
1: does. (laughs) I bet he does. Kyle Kuzma has gone on record and said before that he could like average twenty five a game if I he wasn't that. playing next to Davis and LeBron. Um, you know, like he, he talking about how he needs to understand his role and uh, like uh, as as a play, as a fan who was like sort of you know mocked for the Delo trade because they're like, oh well you gave up Kuzma Kuzma was the twenty seven pick I'd rather have Kuzma than Delo at uh, no. First off, no. Um, Kuzma came out of uh, Virginia. I think it was Virginia, right? Yeah. Virginia at like 21, 22 years old. Yeah. So he was already a finished product. And people kept thinking that he was going to progress and get better when in reality his development was mostly done. And now he still thinks he's a better player than he actually is. And I, I just wonder if the Lakers also share that sentiment of like, Oh no, Kyle Kuzma himself is worth like two first round picks because that delusion is the only way that they can talk themselves into these trades because nobody I'd I, like, I don't care what the deal is. Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, a single first rounder at the end of the year this year and you can't even put in Montrezl Harrell because he's a free agent he's probably going to opt out anyway. So you can't tell me and, and sign and trade Schroeder, you know, obviously, but like KCP, Kuzma, Schroeder, and a late first, stop telling me like that. And Oh, Taylor Horton Tucker who everybody is convinced is a star player, even though he can't get minutes <laughs> with the Lakers, but no, he's, he's the next coming of, I don't even know who They, they It's crazy the hype that Talon Horton Tucker has like great for him. Cool. I'm sure he's going to develop into a good player. He is not like a superstar. Like people act like this guy is going to like become like a Messiah. Like, I don't understand, but those assets, like they don't get you a superstar. They don't get you a real superstar. They don't get you Damian Lillard. They don't get you in the Bradley Beal conversation. They get you in the Chris Paul conversation the Russell Westbrook the yeah. the old point guard on a bad contract or or you know maybe they could flip one of these assets or two for like Kevin Love or something but like you're not this deal that they've constructed in any way of Kuzma Taylor Horton Tucker and a first rounder and KCP it's it's <laughs> it's not a great package it's no. not a great package um now, I think, do I think the Wizards would jump on it to get off Westbrook's deal? I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. Um, I think pieces, um, there's an aspect I've seen where um, Spencer Dinwiddie said he either wants to get paid or he wants to go home. So if he wants to work out a deal with the Nets, sign and trade to the Lakers, um, they could possibly send back Kuzma, uh, a pick, maybe KCP. I don't know. Um, But even then, that that only works in a sign and trade deal. I I don't think them just straight up as assets is going to get you anything more than maybe Westbrook. And Westbrook, if they bring back Drummond and they have (laughs) Russell Westbrook, like the spacing of that team, like a team of, I, I don't know who the two guard would be at that point. Because everybody would have been traded. They they would have to get somebody in free agency on a minimum deal to be the shooting guard. You would roll out Westbrook, minimum free agent or or MLE free agent, um, LeBron, Davis, Drummond. Yeah. The best three-point shooter out of all of them is Anthony
0: Davis. Yeah. And those are four, like, ball-dominant players, too. I mean, LeBron obviously is, and then Westbrook is Mr. Triple Double. Anthony Davis, obviously. Well, you that's know.
1: that's the thing. If I don't, that's why I can't see the Westbrook fit because we've seen Westbrook without the ball in Houston. They ran it for a year, and they hey. were done. With it. <laughs> Westbrook off the ball, Westbrook off the ball doesn't work because off of the ball, all he can do is cut. And guess what? If you have Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond and LeBron James, where are you cutting? Where can you cut? There, The lane is clogged. Drummond can't leave the paint. Yeah. Like Drummond literally needs to live there. So that yeah. spacing doesn't work. If they can gr- get Chris Paul, obviously I think you go out and do it. Because he helped carry the Suns to the finals. A team with Literally no playoff experience. The only person who really had any playoff experience was Jay Crowder, who played great (laughs) in the finals, by the way. Um, But if Chris Paul can do that for the Suns, you absolutely go out as the Lakers. Him because you know that next year you're
0: yeah um sorry my my internet cropped out a little bit there but I got you now so let's talk about everyone's favorite time the draft every draft is great and NBA draft is is a week away and the Troy Pistons hold number one and all signs point to Cade Cunningham, but reports saying that Houston wants Cade really, really bad. And I don't know if Detroit is going to make the move to move back and give up Cade Cunningham. Um, do you, do you think that's a possibility or they just, I, I think a lot has to be offered
1: to Detroit, like a, an, an, an NFL style, like trade for the number one pick I'm talking like, you know potentially a player uh, I would absolutely go Cade Cunningham I the only way I trade that pick is if um, I'm getting a really good young player uh, a, a high pick I would only trade it with like Houston uh, possibly Cleveland Um, in that top three area. I still want one of those top three prospects because as much as I like Jalen Suggs, I think there is a definitive top three. I think it's Cade. I think there's Mobley and Green in the two, three range. You can kind of put them wherever. And then I think there's a step down and there's Suggs and Kaminga and Barnes. Um, So I think they would want to stay in that top three. Um, I personally would not trade the pick I take Cade Cunningham. The Pistons are also set up, I think, a lot better than people realize. Yes, Jeremy Grant, um, you know, people automatically thought because he was doing good, they had to trade him. They had to move him. There was no reason for that. He clearly wanted to be in Detroit. That's why he signed the deal in Detroit, and they're building there. Um, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, you can move off ball a little bit, which they already started to last year. Um, With Corey Joseph, they were running two-point guard lineups where they were putting Killian at the shooting guard, kind of getting him ready for this, I feel like. So I think Cade fits in there so effortlessly, so perfectly. Um, He gives them quite literally exactly what they need, a shot creator, a playmaker, a um, guy who can get his own shot, and then a guy who can also distribute out to a shooter like Isaiah Stewart is going to start shooting threes or like kind of already has started to shoot threes, but I think next year, you're going to see him really come into his own more finding his offensive game. And, and then you have Killian Hayes who can play off the ball as well. I think this whole team is kind of set up to really take in a guy like Cade and really help him out. And, it could have kind of, you know, I don't want to compare him already, but it could kind of be a Luka Doncic situation where in two years you're looking at it as, wow, this guy like led this team to the playoffs, is really putting this team on his back and is, you know, the way that Luka really helps out Tim Hardaway in a way is a way that Cade Cunningham could be helping out, you know, Sadiq Bey, and then you have these different players molded around him, you know, like a Dorian Finney-Smith in the form of kind of an Isaiah Stewart, who, you know, Stewart's obviously better, is probably going to be better, but I think they can very much roll out kind of this Dallas role where they have a generational talent, they get him, and they already, you know, have something in place, but really build around him, and Troy Weaver has become one of my favorite GMs in the NBA. He know that he knew that he had to really tear this down and put his imprint on it. And so far, you know, Killian Hayes pending, he really hasn't missed on a draft pick. And I don't think he's going to miss on one this year.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And you know, this is Detroit's chance to probably only chance to get their franchise star. So hopefully they don't mess it up. Now a team you you talked about that is kind of a wild card is the Cleveland Cavaliers because they hold a high pick and, Reports are saying that Kevin love could be moved and Colin Sexton too, former top 10 pick. Um, and I am a big fan of Colin Sexton. If I'm, I hope the Knicks could could somehow get their hands on him. But do, do you see Cleveland trading a few players on draft night or before draft night?
1: Yeah, I think, well, first off, it's going to depend on Houston. I think um, some people really think Houston's going Mobley. Others really think that he's going green. Um, I'm kind of leaning more towards Mobley. So if green is there, it's unquestioned. Even if you have Sexton and Garland, you take green. Um, the biggest problem with Sexton for Cleveland is they don't want to pay him. Like yeah. uh, that's, that's what it comes down to. They really just don't want to pay him. And Sexton is at the point, um, it's kind of like a DLO situation where it's like, ah, you know, he's not worth a max contract. Um, but you need to give him one in order to obtain, to keep his services because somebody out there will give him a max deal, or he's like kind of on the, the cusp of like maybe an all-star player. And at that, at, at this point in the NBA with free agency being the way that it is, you need to give those level of players the, the most amount of money that you possibly can. Um, You know, the, the John Collins of the worlds, you know, they're not max players per se, when you just watch them, but getting them on your team and possibly building for the future, that's where that kind of comes in. So I think Sexton with the Knicks, I love that fit. The Knicks have the cap space that gives them another uh, primary ball handler that can take pressure off of Julius Randle, a pick and roll of, of Sexton and Randle, I think would work so well. And then you, if they keep Mitchell Robinson, having him in the dunker spot uh, off that pick and roll, I think that would be perfect. Um, obviously having Reggie Bullock, I think Sexton would fit so well with the Knicks. Um, and and I, I like him as a player, you know, he's, he's a good young talent. Um, but again, you don't know where he's going to develop. You don't know exactly where he's going to end up. And that's kind of the scary part. So I understand Cleveland wanting to trade him, but that I think only happens if Green is available at three. Because if you get Mobley, there's no reason to trade Colin Sexton. You roll out Garland, you roll out Sexton. Um, Seti Osman, buy out Kevin Love, put Mobley in at the four, and you got Jared Allen as your five, and that there's your starting five right there. Or, or excuse me, not Osmond, uh, Acuaro.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Do you have a favorite prospect that you're, that you're looking at? You know, obviously you have the Cade Cunningham's, the Mobleys, and the Greens, but yeah, yeah, any, yeah. any sleepers in there? Um, I think
1: if Scotty Barnes is taken by the right group, the right development group um i think he could turn into a really really good player um he has such such a high defensive floor like he is going to come in as probably the best defender on whatever team he's drafted like a like a jonathan isaac type um he comes in he's automatically probably your best defender if he can develop offensively um looking at, you know, if if the Warriors can possibly get him and and develop him as a shooter, he's – I mean, I don't want to go as far as to say – he has Kawhi Leonard-type potential at that rate. Like, if he can develop a jumper, his defensive prowess is fantastic. Now, even if he doesn't develop and he just has that defense, I mean, I think you're still looking at probably a 10- to 15-year career – you know, a PJ Tucker type thing where you can just throw him on the best wing on the floor and he is just going to harass him the entire time. He is going to make it hard for him the entire time. So Barnes is a player I like a lot. He's really raw. Um, You kind of don't even see a semblance of a jump shot just because he's, he's really focused on defense, athleticism, transition. But if he can develop further I think he has the potential to be, you know, a top two, three player in this class, you know, in a Kawhi Leonard type of role where he might not be that player the first couple of years, but you're looking five, six, seven years down the road and you're like, wow, how did that guy fall, you know, to seven or eight when he should have been probably, you know, number four in the draft?
0: I am a big fan of Davion Mitchell from Baylor. I I think, the, the one knock on him he, he is a little bit older he's 22 coming on 23 um, which obviously in the NBA is you know most most teams like their prospects 18, 19 years old the, the one and dones in college or international players but I think Mitchell uh, offensive game could use some help only average 14 but I think behind Barnes probably the best defender in the class. He's very explosive <laughs> he shot over 40% from three this past season and I I, I think he be he could be a good fit wherever he goes. Mocks are having him going number seven to the Warriors. I don't think that's a good fit, obviously, because they have a point guard. Um, you probably could play Mitchell at the two, um, but potential Drew Holiday type player here with that strong build of a point guard, plays solid defense, and has you know every now and then that offensive outburst. And he, you know he can go anywhere from seven to mid-teens, really.
1: Yeah, besides uh, Green and probably Cade, I would say uh, Davian Mitchell's probably the most set up to help a team out right now. Um, he is, as you said, a knockdown shooter from three, a great defender, um, has the size to play the two as well. Yeah, he's a little bit older, um, but it's not, I don't think it's a case of Obi Toppin where he's older and just bigger. And just, you know, scoring on guys because he's older and bigger and stronger and more athletic. You know, he's still relying on the basketball aspect of it, the jump shots, the layups, all that. Um, So I think Davian Mitchell, you know, if there's if there's a team out there that thinks they're going to be a contender, but they don't think they have the assets to go out and get a star player. Um, you know, somebody I think should trade up and grab Davian Mitchell, because he can really help you out right now. Um, if you're Denver, and you think, you know, you're really set up, you don't want to trade for Damian Lillard, you just kind of want to run back the same team. Maybe you can do like a little sign and trade do, you know, Barton, uh, a couple first round picks kind of throw some things in trade up, you know, to maybe seven or eight kind of feel out what you can get if he starts to slip a little bit, because I think he's going to be an impact player in the NBA from day one.
0: I think New Orleans too, could be a team that may want to give a call. I mean, you're rolling out Eric Bledsoe at the one (laughs) and that that's, that's and you're not bringing
1: back Lonzo. So, yeah,
0: exactly. So any other sleeper picks you have or, or expectations for the draft next week, next Thursday it is. I think I lost you for a sec. Oh, there we I go. I'm you. back. Yep. Right. Any 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 other last sec? You know, last expectations for the draft or anything like that. Um,
1: I I think we're gonna be shocked at how little trades are gonna happen on draft night. Okay, that's fair. I think we're not gonna. I think we're not gonna have nearly as many trades, or at least at the top of like we're not gonna have many lottery trades. I don't think maybe you know once we get to the 20s and and lower i think we start to see a lot of moving parts but i think at the top i don't think we're going to see a lot of movement i think top five top six are all pretty much staying where they are
0: i I actually just looked at cbs's mock draft they had jalen suggs going number two uh which could be interesting
1: i think there's absolutely not a chance that that happens (laughs) i don't think there's any single possible way that you're talking you're Self into Suggs over Green. Yeah,
0: hey, well, Patrick Williams went number four last year, and that was interesting.
1: That's that's true. That is true. But I don't, I don't think I, I'd, I'd be really shocked if that happened.
0: I'm not any any less things want to talk about before we wrap up around the NBA. Um, hmm. I mean, I think it's interesting. You know, people are
1: speculating again. And it, it could totally not happen again as we've been waiting for years and years. It's expected that Bradley Beal will finally say, <laughs> I want out. I don't want to be part of this anymore. We've been saying that for years. We've been making Bradley Beal mock trades for two to three years now. Yeah. Um, ever since John Wall really got, uh, you know, the Achilles, the ACL, all that. Um, and even before then we were already starting. So The Warriors are expected to be interested. If he does become available, don't know about that fit necessarily. Um, You're running out Curry, Thompson, Beal. We don't know what Thompson's going to be defensively. Beal is not a good defender. Curry is not a good defender. You're looking at your backcourt just being like a a subway terminal, just spins, uh, turnstiles. styles. But um, I think, I think there are a good amount of teams that Beal really could help out Um, Denver uh, yeah. I'm honestly, port Portland could if if Portland wants to keep Dame happy and try to you know really keep him trade McCollum, flip him for Beal, uh, probably you know include a first or or a second uh, you know probably two first rounders. Um, uh, the Knicks could get interested in Beal. I think that works as well there. Um cool. I think there's I a hope. lot. I, <laughs> I think there's a lot of teams that Bradley Beal fits really effortlessly in because. He can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He can, you know, he's a really underrated uh, slasher. He's a great shooter. Um, The only thing for him is he kind of, you know, is a little inconsistent, but that's as being the number one on a team. Ideally Bradley Beal is not your number one. He's probably not even your number two. I mean, I think he could be your number two, but, you you need a number 2 and a number 3 to be really close then if you're if you're running Bradley Beal as your number 2 um kind of like a Denver situation where they trade Jamal Murray in that case i would think straight swap you do Jokic Beal and then Michael Porter Jr as as your 3 and Beal can probably work there because i think him and Porter Jr are going to be really close together and either of them could be you know the second best player but Ideally, at this point, I think we know Beal is a secondary or tertiary player on a championship level team, but he really could move the needle for a team, um, you know, like a Miami that also could be interested. New Orleans, I, I think, would be a fantastic fit, would give them like a legit player who has been in the NBA and knows what it takes to get to the playoffs and to win games.
0: I think Miami would be a great fit. Now, if they don't, you know, you have to see what they do with Victor Oladipo, but uh, you know, Miami could ship out Tyler Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson, the sign and trade potentially. And then you roll out Jimmy Butler, Beal and Autobio, And that's a really, really strong three man set. You know, if, if Autobio stays consistent. But yeah, I mean, it's it just the question of will Beal finally request the trade out because Every time someone brings it up to him, it's just, oh, I want to stay in Washington. But I think I think Washington, I, I think they're going to be blowing it up soon. They hired Wes Sell Jr., so I know you were very happy with that signing.
1: I think that's, that's a full player developmental signing. So I would imagine West, the Westbrook and the Beal are probably out Um They really should just rip it down and they're going to get a nice package back for Beal. They might get, you know, something for Westbrook. I wouldn't, I would not expect it to be very, very much, but I think they'll get a a, a very nice package for Beal. We'll
0: have to see how everything plays out, but thank you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for potentially we might do an NBA mock draft episode. Hopefully we have some more WWE MLB stuff coming within the next week. Uh, Make sure to follow us on all our socials at sports depth pod, that's sports D E P T pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening. Jesse. Thank you very much. uh, We'll see you next time.